Do you want us to keep producing the best VCU men's basketball podcast out there? If so, there's a way you can help. If you enjoy this show, please consider donating to help us pay for the cost of making it available. You can do so by using the PayPal link in the description of the podcast or on social media sites where we post it. Even a small donation would help. Thanks in advance, and go Rams! Welcome to Rams Rewind, a podcast that looks back at all of the action from VCU men's basketball. After each game, our host George Templeton talks live on Facebook with Ram fans and gives his take on the team's performance. And now, here's George. Well, all the expectations we hoped for with this team, all the things we thought, especially when the two players that we were expecting to have come back did... All those things are out the window. This is not a good basketball team, and it's going to take it's going to take a long time for it to be a good basketball team. Um, welcome to Rams Rewind, sponsored by uh, I mean, excuse me, not sponsored by anybody. Live here in the Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. Uh, thank you uh, for uh, watching and listening here in the Good and the Bad and the Ugly group. Thank you out in podcast land. If you like what you hear, in spite of the fact that they lost today and that I'm, this is going to be a lot, a lot of venting and carrying on and complaining, uh, shoot us some dinero. Uh, we've got a link to the PayPal in the description on Podbean, your other podcast platforms. Uh, Matt Mobley, seesaw battle, we didn't suck. Wrong. Can't agree with that, Matt Mobley. Cannot agree with that. Uh, you started the game well. They looked actually good on both ends of the floor. And from the point it was 21 to 12, they were thoroughly and utterly outplayed. I think uh, George Washington started the game two for nine, which means they finished the game 25 of 40. And when I do that quick calculation in my head, five out of eight is about 62.5%. You're not playing well when the other team is shooting 81% in the second half. Man. It's uh, it's brutal, and yes, Bruce Stevenson. The fact that Richmond's beat St. Bonaventure like they did today makes that look worse. Um, you know, Zeb can't defend all five. Yes, Zeb got abused today, but they all got abused today. And I, and and here's, you know, somebody said, "Where's Michael Bell?" Michael Bell got in in the first half, and he had a terrible couple minutes. He had a terrible couple minutes. You know, he tried. He he. He made a terrible defensive mistake that gave up a three, and then he tried a layup that he shouldn't have tried in, in transition, missed that shot. Um, yeah, it was an amazing shot, Carlos Diaz, but here's the thing. You're up against a team that's played a triple overtime game on Friday. They had a bunch of starters play 50 minutes. You got to wear them down. You got to make them work on both ends of the floor. That means they got you got to make them take 25 to 30 seconds to score on offense. And if you can, they take 25 to 30 seconds and score against them on defense. Um, so that's just – and they didn't do that. How many, how many easy buckets and easy possessions they have did they have today? It's ridiculous. Uh, I, I don't disagree with you, Bill Baldacci. Bar- Bearstow – I mean, he, he's not a good defender. And, you know, 
if he's going to be two for 13 from the field like he was today, have one assist and two turnovers, then he needs not to be on the floor. He was on the floor for 34 minutes today. That is BS. That is nonsense. Um, and and Bruce, the fat's tech hurt. Again, here's here's what I here's the question I would have about that. He pointed at the guy. Did he play? Did he did he say something and point at the guy? Or was he just pointing at the guy? Because if he got a tech for pointing at the guy, that's crap. Matt Mobley, here's why I say GW's a bad team. They didn't play anybody in non-conference. They gave up 85 to Fordham in regulation on Wednesday. Fordham is comfortably the worst offensive team in this league. Comfortably the worst off- offensive team in this league. And they gave up 85 to them in regulation, and VCU couldn't even do that. VCU only got 82. And I say only, you know, there, there, there's plenty of years where we'd love to have 82. But that's when we had a team that could defend once in a while. This team can't. Okay, Darren Grimes, thank you. He did he so he did not say anything. All he did was point at the guy and they gave it a tech. See that that kind of stuff? That is look at me, I'm the ref, look at me. Because Akinbola does what he does and they don't call anything. They call move. They call two or three moving screens on VCU. Buchanan bumps Zeb Jackson on the last play. They don't call that. These referees were atrocious. And no, that's not why they lost. That's not why they lost. But it, these referees were atrocious today. And there were some ticky-tack calls for VCU in the first half. There were a lot more for George Washington. There were a lot more. And and I and I'm, I'm sorry, Matt Mobley. Maybe you'll end up being right about GW. They lost home to Fordham in triple overtime, and they should have lost in regulation, and they should have lost in the in the first or second in the second overtime. Fordham won that game three different times before they finally won it. And VCU, knowing they're going up against a team that's just played a game like that, did not make them work on either end of the floor. Let them. They got easy bus buckets. They got buckets in transition. A team that's played a game like that shouldn't be 5 of 7 from 3 in the second half. They should be getting tired. But VCU didn't do the work that was necessary to tire them out. By the way, Darren Grimes, you're talking about Toby Wall not getting a lot of time. I'm not taking – how can you take Furman out of there when he's got 14 rebounds? And when he's making a bunch of good plays again, he hits all four free throws today. I thought Furman was excellent. And again, they went small. So it was. It's hard to have Toby out there. Oh yeah, that, that was terrible, Bruce Stevenson. Uh, that was absolutely horrible. That call on the wall when Bishop jumps into him and and does that. And Darren Grimes, I I wouldn't have a problem playing Furman and Toby together. Uh, I don't know what it's going to take to see that lineup. I don't know. But again, I'm going to go back to this. For all the good things Shulga did, he got abused on defense yet again. And Barristow didn't do hardly any good things and got abused on defense yet again. Barristow gets 34 minutes, Shulga gets 30. And, and you wonder why this team, the other team, hits 17 to 21 from the field in the second half. I mean, that if I hadn't seen it myself, I wouldn't believe it. They made nine shots in a row to win that game, to finish the game. Nine shots in a row. Good God Almighty. Start Bam over Bearstone is not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. 
Uh, that's interesting, Mike Urbanski. Nelson, Fats, Bam, Toby, Furman, I want to see it. Mm, I don't think we'll ever see that lineup. Nelson had a tough day today defensively. He was just too small. That's why he wasn't out there a lot. But I felt bad because, he again, he's one of the few guys out there that's got the right mentality. And, he, and, he's, got, and he's got it in him to, uh, to, to play tough. And what a killer, too, because you talk about if they had pulled this game out somehow, Joe Bamisil hitting all three of those three free throws. When that sh- and that's the other thing. You know your luck is out when that three-pointer doesn't go down. He's fouled, and how, somehow that ball fouls out. How many times have I watched other teams' players get friendly bounces in this gym, and Joe Bamisil can't get the friendly bounce when we absolutely had to have it? Arguably, that cost us the game because of the way the game was going. VCU might have won if they if they'd have got that if that thing had gone down and he converted the free throw for a four point play. And then after Zeb takes the three, he probably shouldn't take. He gets the rebound and not and sticks it back. That was a great play. It's too bad we're not talking about what a what a hell of a last minute Joe Bamisil had because uh, you know that could have won the game for us. And that, and it should and in, and at other times it should have won the game for us. But, yeah, we're not a good team. And people are going to say this offense hummed. They shot 42% in the second half. They're 5 from 13 from 3, which is not terrible. But it's not really – it's not going to do much for you when the other team's 5 of 7. Yeah, and that's and that's it, Mike Urbanski. We're talking about bad bounces and bad calls against the team we were favored by 11. Yes, Matt Mobley, I did. Matt Mobley, I did expect this team to be good. What I saw in Orlando, what I saw against Memphis, yes, I expected this team to be good. My goodness, we didn't have it all. We didn't have two players who would have been all conference before. Bearstow was all conference in the in the Mountain West two years ago. Joe Bamisil was all conference in the A10. Surely we're supposed to get better when the two of them are on the floor. Doesn't look like it to me. We look worse than we did without the two of them, which makes no sense, or it shouldn't have. Well, you can't say that about Max today. Max Max had 20 today, and and most of his shots were good shots. You know, somebody was asking about him on the last play. You know, um, I, I, I mean, did that, they did well to get the shot that they were supposed to get, that, that they got there. It's just, it's just that's a hard shot to make, you know. I was I thought for a second they had another timeout, and I was kind of hoping they would throw it into half court, call a timeout, and set it up. But yeah, the problem. I mean, at least Shoga scored enough that you could almost tolerate his bad defense. Barristow didn't. Barristow didn't, and that is bad. Is it hopeless? Matt Mobley asks. It shouldn't be because they got talent, but they don't have the right mentality on defense. They 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 don't have the right mentality on defense. And 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 that's and that's and Bruce Stevenson. That's exactly part of it. Every time somebody does a pump fake, there's a VCU player flying out of the screen. And that is just, I mean, again, seriously, that is absolutely terrible. That is terrible. But that's a, Josh Borum. That's the thing. Darren Grimes was sitting right there and said he didn't talk. If that if Darren Grimes is right, and I'm inclined and and. I don't know why he'd be wrong about that if he was right there. If all Joe, if all Fats Phillips did was point at the guy 
and he got a tech, that is bullcrap. That is terrible. And that referee should be ripped from one end of this one end of the room to the other. Now, he won't do it again, obviously, which is good. And he said, hey, my bad. And God bless Fats Phillips for that. Honestly, he had a couple other plays that were worse than that that that, that were not great that was that I wasn't happy with. But that is a BS call. Pointing at a guy is not ta- is not taunting to the level that you need to call a freaking tech. Seriously. I- I'm not having that. Just as I'm not having some of these illegal screen calls that they called on Furman and a few other VCU players. And then you you're watching you're watching George Washington guys bump Zeb Jackson as they're coming up the floor for the final play. And then there was another time with Edwards where the guy that's screening for him all but hugs Zeb Jackson and they don't call foul. And it's like, you got to be kidding me. No, and I respect Fats for owning it too. It's still a BS technical foul. Yeah, the coach is, the coach is, not, the coach is not doing a good job. And I'm sure he'll have the same justification for not playing Michael Bell again. He'll say that he didn't play well in that two-minute stretch that he was in, and he'd be right. But again, when you're when you're struggling on defense as badly as this, you got to give Michael Bell an opportunity to at least try to put the fire out. I mean, Maximus Edwards and James Bishop are just are just destroying our guards out there. And it, and it's one thing when Shoga at least answers with some offense of his own. Sean Barstow's giving you nothing. Two for thirteen, and he get, and that's what really gets me. That's where I get mad at, at at Ryan Odom. How can how can Sean Barstow play the most minutes on the team when he's got when he's two for thirteen, three rebounds, one assist, two turnovers? How? How? Absolutely, and, and that's and Matt Mobley. That is fine. And you can argue, and, and Darren Grimes, you can argue that he promised him whatever. But you know what? Sometimes it's not your night and you got to sit. Like, it wasn't Jason Nelson's night out there. The matchup was a bad one for him, and he sat. And I love Jason Nelson to bits, but I understand why. I understand why he had to sit tonight. He, they, he just, it was, a, he was a, it was a physical mismatch, him trying to guard a, a bishop. Or, or Edwards or Buchanan Jr. So he had to sit down. I understand that. That's no problem. But you got you you just cannot you just cannot keep playing players like that when they're not doing the job on the on the defensive end that badly. And and honestly, if his strategy is to outscore everybody, that dog ain't gonna hunt in this league. It's not it's not. There are too many good offensive teams in this league, and there are too many good coaches in this league who will figure out a way to get just enough stops. I mean, VCU got 82 tonight, okay? And people are going to talk about that and say, oh, this offense is humming. VCU was 41% from the field, which is not great. They were 45% from three. That's fine. Missed five free throws. Tonight, that really hurts, but when you're – 77% from the line, that's about their average. I'm not going to have an issue with that. The issue is, is that they lost free throw battle by four points to GW. And when you lose by, by two, that's that's the difference. But again, look at the efficiency. VCU had 16 more shots than the opponent. 
16. You know what we used to say around here? We used to say if VCU gets as many shots as the opponent or more, we know they're going to win because they're the better defensive team. Not anymore. George Washington makes the same amount of field goals with 16 less shots as VCU. 17 of 21 from the second half. I know you're sick of hearing it. I'm going to say it again. 17 of 21. None of us would have believed it if we didn't see it with our own two eyes. Um, are they bad? They're bad defensively, Matt Mobley. And, and again, if they're both scoring at the level that they are used to scoring at, you can just about suffer it. But again, Sean Bairstow, seven points, two for 13. I don't care what's in his NIL deal, and I don't care what Ryan Odom's loyalty to them are. That guy should not be getting the most minutes playing that badly on defense and being two for 13. And yeah, and you're correct. We don't have an identity, Darren Grimes. Or our identity is we're just going to score the ball a lot, which is, which is fine, except the other team's going to as well, apparently. And it's hard to watch for me. It's hard to watch for me. I knew th- you know, we all knew things were going to change. And they weren't going to be that good a defensive team, except they were better than what we thought at the start of the season. I mean, can you believe that this team held Iowa State 11 minutes without a field goal? The team that you watched out there tonight? Because I can't believe it, but it's true. I was there. I saw it happen. (sighs) I mean, that's the thing. I'm not surprised that Barristow was back in the starting lineup. But at this point, Should he be starting, especially when he is struggling on defense as bad as he is? And look, other teams have brought back players from injuries and from not being eligible. And they've managed to integrate them in. And the first few games, I thought we were managing to integrate Bearstow and Bamasil in. That's what it looked like. But these two conference games is, is a sobering reality. It is a sobering reality, and I, and maybe it's and it certainly was hyperbole for me to say it on Twitter, but I'll say it here. We look like a pillow fight team right now, because I don't care how how wonderfully how wonderfully this team is offensively when the other team shoots eighty one percent in the second half. There is a link to the PayPal in the description on Podbean and your other podcast platforms, Kevin G. Thank you very much. And that's the other thing. We haven't gone on the road yet. This team is 8-7, and 0-2, and, and they're 0-2 at home, and they're now about to go on the road. Uh, okay, Matt Mobley, you're going to have to explain that to me. How low were your expectations? Because I wasn't hearing anybody say, I mean – Am I supposed to be all right if this team finishes 10th, 11th, ends up in a pillow fight? Because my expectations were that low, and I don't think yours were that low either. And that's where they're headed right now, until unless they can turn some stuff around. Questionable recruiting, well, I, were we, I wasn't questioning it. Sholga's and, all, Sholga and, and Bearstow were fantastic in the Mountain West last year. Joe Bamsil's been fantastic in this in this conference. 
Uh, you know, Zeb came back. Furman came back. Michael Bell, we were all thrilled to get Michael Bell. And Michael Bell showed a lot in the non-conference. And now he's not playing at all. Were we happy to get Jason Nelson? I think so. Mountain West ain't the A-10. Um, what, what conferences have you been watching the last few years? Mountain West has been better than the A-10 the last three, four years. Mountain West just got a team in the final, in the final game last year. This is this is no. I'm not having I'm not having that the expectations that 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 this is okay and that the ex and yes the East Coast is physical Matt but I'm sorry were, were they probably voted too high preseason but I I would have certainly thought that a fifth or sixth place was the bottom maybe the seventh if things really went sideways and and now I'd be happy to finish seventh the way things are going right now. I mean, you could argue, all right, VCU's going to turn it around on the road because that's what happened last year. After du after Duquesne punked them, they won every road game the rest of the season. Uh, Wheeler is not in the rotation right now, Mike Urbanski. He, he's, he he's struggled every time he's been out there, and I don't know what he's doing or not doing in practice, but he's not out there. Granted, he wouldn't have been any use – to us today. Yes, plenty of people picked VCU to be good. They were picked second in the A-10. They were picked second at media day. So yes, plenty of people thought VCU was going to be good. At the very worst, I thought they were a fifth or sixth place team if everything, if things went wrong. I even said it uh, on the podcast when we had the three bid league guys on. I said my one of my hot takes was that VCU or Dayton will miss out on the top four. And they made the case that that it's not. There's no way it can, it can be Dayton. It'll be it'll be VC. It can be VCU if things don't work out with Barstow or whatever, among other things. By by the Associated Media that were at Media Day that voted on that Matt Mobley. Yeah, Kawani. It was he had a tough start to the game, even though he made that three. And again, when they went to the small lineup, he was struggling. So that's why he wasn't out there as much. Well, I'll tell you what, Kenneth Jones, if we're not going to be below fifth, then they'll have a hell of a turnaround because they do not look like a top five team in this league right now. And again, I, do, I don't want to hear about this off. If I hear people praising this offense uh, on Monday, I'm going to spew up. I'm going to spew up because it was purely volume and rebounding that, that kept them in this game, in part because – what second chance points can you get if you're George Washington when you're shooting 55% from the field overall, 56% from three, and you get into the foul line as much as they are? They only had two offensive rebounds because they didn't have a lot of chance for offensive rebounds. And VCU, God bless them, got 15 of them, 20 second chance points. Although you could argue they didn't even um, they didn't even they didn't make enough of those. Uh, that's a good question, Scott Harris. I did not realize we only had one recruit committed. I mean, the thing is, a lot of, a lot of the guys that we brought through the transfer portal and have been here are, I mean, still have eligibility. I know, I'm pretty sure Zeb and Sean don't, and Max probably doesn't, but Joe Bamisil does, and a lot of other players do. So, I, I mean, I'm not sure what the doggone roster is going to look like next year. I don't even want to think about it because we shouldn't be thinking about next year already. 
And yeah, Eric Slater, things would get tough now because golly Moses, here's a team that hasn't played a true road game all year that's going to hit the road and George Mason is 2-0 in the conference and having an absolute – and that's the other thing. All these excuses about, well, we had to bring all these people in and it's a new coach. What do you think's happening at George Mason? They lost Josh Aduro and ticket gains to Providence along with their coach, Kim English. Tony Skin had to bring in a bunch of guys. And yet, they're doing just fine, thank you. Now, granted, they haven't played as tough a schedule as we have non-conference. But they're 2-0. and Okay, and thank you for that update, Darren. So only Joe Bamisil. Well, they said Joe Bamisil on the TV. They said Joe Bamisil had another year. So I don't know. But Sean being out, that probably makes sense. So I'll tell you what. Defense, defensively, they've got to find something. They've got to, they've got to figure out what they did early in the season when they were at least a decent defensive team and get back to it. Because there is no excuse for this. There is no excuse for a team making nearly every damn shot and a half like George Washington did. Because that's what they did. There is no excuse for a team making nine consecutive field goals to end the game and beat you on your home floor. And again... I'm going to keep saying it. This team lost at home to Fordham and gave up 85 to Fordham. Fordham has looked like a pillow fight team. That same Fordham lost at home to LaSalle today and looked like, and looked every bit like a team that had played a triple overtime game on Wednesday. Man. Man. Um... And and that is a that is a sobering thought that Norfolk State exposed a weakness. Matt Mobley says Norfolk State exposed a weakness. We can be bullied. <laughs> oh man, that's not going to go down well with this with the with the fans in 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 that in that in the Siegel Center. At least I hope it doesn't, because that is that is nowhere near the realm of good enough at this university. What do we think of Jackson? Uh, Jackson can be hit and miss. I, I don't like him taking threes much because his percentage hasn't been good, but today he was three for six. I like him slashing to the basket. I think if I had to be disappointed with anything about Zeb Jackson is, he's a good enough driver to the basket. He got no free throws today. And I would expect him to get more free throws. I would expect him to get fouled and get to the line some. I'm not sure why he can't get any calls. Did have four assists today with no turnovers and, you you know, you tip your cap on that. That's the other thing. VCU had eight turnovers for the whole game. And three of those came in about a nine and a hundred second span in the first half. Yeah, Nelson was Nelson was defensively, it wasn't gonna work with Nelson on the floor. I mean, he he's as tough as they come, and I love the kid and I love his mentality, but physically those two guards were a mismatch for him, so he couldn't be out there today. Uh, Zeb's D is, again, it's like his offensive game. It's hit and miss. You know, uh, one of the big plays of the game, right after VCU gets up, I think they got up four points. And doggone, I think it's Bishop. Bishop just just ties. He, 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 he makes that move, that crossover dribble, and gets Zeb going the wrong way, steps back and hits the three, and it's nothing but net. So it was like, you know, defensively, it's tough. Thank you for watching and listening and commenting, Michael Bransky. I appreciate it.
That's another question, Matt Mobley. He says, I love Shulga, but he did not finish down strong down the stretch. I think that will change. Why? Why? Because because right now, you know, he I mean, it was less of an issue today because he had some good plays down the stretch, but he's 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 his energy has flagged at the end of games, and they've had a problem as a result. Um, especially defensively. And that's the thing. This is what it's going to come back, keep coming back down to. You cannot get worked over on defense as badly as they get worked over on defense and tell me you're doing everything you should. Maximus Edwards and James Bishop were 15 for 26 from the field, 4 for 9 from 3, 14 for 16 from the foul line, 48 points. I mean, golly, Moses. That is that is that is the two of them just just handing VCU their lunch. And a lot of that was against Barstow and Shulga and some of Zeb too. Everybody got that work today. Everybody got that work. And um I mean that I, I I'd I'd want to hide my face after a performance like that, after getting my tail busted like that on defense. I'd want to hide my face, you know. So there we are. We're 0-2, and we're 0-2 at home, and we got George Mason on the way. George Mason, who took care of St. Louis with very minimal trouble today. George Mason, who is 2-0 and is threatening their best start uh, to a season in nearly 40 years. In fact, it might even be 40 years since they've had their best start. I think if they beat VCU on Tuesday, uh, that would be their best start. And 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 that and, I, and I'll tell you what, at this point, Bruce, it's not even about treating them as a rival because right now uh, we're the team that's going in as the underdog. We're the team that's, that's trying, that's fighting for our season. And here's the other question. So often I've seen – Hundreds, if not thousands, of black and gold clad fans in the Patriots Center cheering this team on. And I know it's a midweek game, so it's tough, but are we going to have a lot of our fans up there cheering them, or are they going to be sitting there looking at this 0-2 team that can't stop anybody and go, mm, I don't know if I want to make the two-hour drive up to Fairfax for that. I don't know. So in one sense, we'll find out about them because it might actually be a true road game, because even though the students are out, this is as good a Mason team as there's been since Larinaga's left. People ought to be getting over there at that Patriot Center and cheering them on. And we'll see what VCU's got, because 0-3, 0-3 is big trouble. 0-3 is hard to come back from. And if I'm not mistaken, I would bet money that we have never started 0-2 in this conference, never mind 0-3. And you know what I'll do? I will look that up afterwards and we'll see. But I would bet, I would bet VCU's never started 0-2 in the A-10. I'm very sure they've never started 0-3 in the A-10, and that's what's on offer if they can't turn this around uh, against uh, George Mason. So I want to thank everybody in the game thread. If you're not a member of the VCU Good, the Mad and the Younger group, you should be because the game threads are fire. Uh, and of course, we keep up with our non-conference opponents. We keep up with our other A10 brethren, uh, and around the A10, uh, VCU by the numbers is a midweek Wednesday or Thursday deal. It will probably be Wednesday this week since VCU plays Tuesday night. 
Doug Hines says we never started 0-2. I can believe that. Um, and, and except and, and that one and the two years that we weren't good, Carlos Diaz. I think one year we were nine and nine in the league, and I, and then I think the other year we were eight and ten. So, you know, we really haven't finished but so low. The COVID year, I think we were in the eight nine game, and I think we were the eighth seed. We might have been the ninth seed. Uh, Rhodes's first year, uh, I think we were the ninth seed, and we actually won the first game, and then that was the tournament in Washington, and then lost to the number one seed. Uh, which was Rhode Island. So, you know, this is this is a this is a new world that we're sitting in, being 0-2 in this league. And honestly, everybody's got it. Everybody's got to come for this team and this coach a little bit. Don't I don't want to hear excuses. I do not want to hear excuses for these performances. I don't want to hear this team still trying to figure it out. This team's trying to still trying to still get integrated because that ain't happening in other places that have had similar situations like the team we're about to play Tuesday night. So Tuesday night, my hope is I get off work soon enough and I'll be with you live here in the good and the bad and the ugly group. And then we'll be out in podcast land tomorrow. Uh, to, uh, the next day, excuse me, which will be Wednesday. But as ever, work may intervene. So we'll see about that. Thank you all for listening. Thank you for everybody in the live video for the comments. As of course, my phone had to, um, my phone just had to play up today, and um, all that sort of stuff. So it was a uh, thank you for all the comments. And I'm sorry if I didn't see your comment and didn't, and I apologize because when I have to watch it on Facebook, you only get a certain amount of comments at the time, and and they don't have you can't see all the comments people make people make, which is very frustrating. So thank you all very much. Uh, We'll hopefully talk to you Tuesday night live in the group or Wednesday in podcast land. Have a good night, everybody. To submit a question for George to answer in an upcoming episode or to inquire about sponsorship opportunities for this podcast, please email ramsrewind at gmail.com. We'll be back after the next game, and thanks for listening to this episode of Rams Rewind.